Hello you, Alvern here. Did you ever dream about achieving a hundred K or hundred thousand? It could be a hundred thousand views, a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand followers, six figures, the magic six figures. Whatever it is, last week I got to 100,000 uh, monthly views on Pinterest and I just wanted to share today on the podcast uh, 11 Pinterest tips of how to go from zero to 100,000 views a month. So just over four months ago, I found out about Pinterest and I wanted to dive into it Um because I saw what a lot of people were experiencing in terms of success um, when it came to traffic, getting traffic from the Pinterest platform. Um, so I invested in um, a Pinterest course and I I sort of you know got right into it. Um, but before I, I get into that bit of it, um, I in the past have... Um, used different other methodologies or platforms to drive traffic to blogs, uh, including uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Instagram, and SEO, of course, SEO meaning search engine optimization based on the Google search engines or Bing or any of the other ones. Um, but the results I saw people experiencing were far far quicker and um, much more consistent when compared to using all the other platforms out there. So like I said, I invested in um, a course and I started obviously going ahead and following instructions. So before I actually set up my Pinterest account itself, I um I had to I get had to understand or get my head around all about Pinterest and the platform and you know is it a social media or what exactly is it? Um because I wanna get it I wanted to make sure I get I got it right the first time. And that's one of the um biggest things I would advise you to do if it is you are new to Pinterest and you want to get stuck in. Most importantly, what goal, what is your goal that you want to achieve? Um, because a lot of people use Pinterest, obviously, for pitting recipes and checking, looking for gifts and all of that. But when you're doing Pinterest for business, then the goal that you're trying to achieve is very, very different. Um, so I need to sort in my, sort in my head what goal I wanted to achieve, um, before I got stuck in. So like I said, I invested in a course and I have to confess the pre-work was extremely challenging. It definitely was not a walk in the park. Um, and at one point I said, oh, I want to give up, skip and skip to the other ex more exciting parts of it. But I didn't. I stuck, stuck with it. Um, so it took me about two weeks to get everything right before I even click the, the create, uh, 
Pinterest account button because previously I didn't really have a Pinterest account. All right, so let's jump into these 11 Pinterest tips or golden nuggets as to how or what, what it is you can do to achieve the similar success that I have achieved with my um, Pinterest account. So the first step is setting up your account for success. Like I mentioned, it took me about two weeks before I actually created the account because there's a little bit of background work that you need to do. Apart from knowing what you wanted to achieve, why you wanted to achieve what you wanted to achieve on the Pinterest platform, you also need to know or to find out for yourself. Okay. Um, what, who is my audience? Like, what is the person or what is the, what is it the typical, um, people, some, some people call it the avatar of the person that you want to attract to your content. So if you already have an existing blog, you probably know your audience or you're probably not sure. Um, and if you're not sure, you would need to spend time mapping that out. Um, because it's so essential that you the content that you put when it comes to putting up um, your account boards and pins on Pinterest is that it is really structured and focused on whoever your target audience is. So yes, there is the branding. Branding, people, a lot of people get confused and think branding is only about colors or palette colors and your fonts but it's all about the whole experience, the mood that you're trying to create um, for the user, the whole user experience. So from the time the user visits your, whether it be a website, your blog, your um, social media account, your whatever web property you have there, what is the mood that you want to generate to make, how you want to make them feel, an experience you want to um, let them have before they even, whether it be, um, subscribe to your email list or buy one of your products or listen to whatever it is. You want to make sure that you set that mood right so that they will have a um, memorable experience, a good a good memorable experience, obviously, because some memorable experiences are bad. So you want to make sure that the experience is good so that they will return another time. And most importantly, that you add a lot of value to that experience. So they will see it as valuable, come back again, and also share it with their friends. Um, setting up my Pinterest account was, was difficult simply because I'm not an artist. Um, and the fact, by the way, the fact I'm not an artist um, means that I had difficulty creating my pins. Now, when I was a teenager, one of the things I, crazy things I did with my um, then boyfriend at the time was actually got um, pencil and paper and drew an entire, did an entire drawing of my boyfriend's face and neck. And like I mentioned before, I'm not an artist. I have no idea where I got inspiration or drilling, drilling rush or creativity from, but I did it. I have no idea where that drawing is and I'm not going to bore you um with what it looked like um, or scare you in any way. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is um, sometimes we do stuff that we need to do to impress whoever we need to impress. We find it in, within ourselves, even though we're not creative and we 
we, we accomplish our goals. So if you think for yourself that you're not great, creative, trust me, I wasn't either. But now I have um, dozens and dozens of pin pins created um, of the own pin dress. Probably over 100 pins at this point. And if I can do it, so can you. So no excuses. Um, of course, there is the technical bits of claiming a website and um, validating your site for rich pins and um, setting up, making sure you have a good profile picture. I think I covered this in one of my previous podcasts. I can't remember right now, but if I did, I'll put a link there. Um, but the whole thing is just remember once you set up this Pinterest account, the when someone, your audience, the person from the audience visits your profile on Pinterest, the whole point is that you want them to gain, glean a certain experience or impression of that account and um, follow you and interact or engage with your content. All right. So that's the first step. The next one is, or the next Pinterest tip is, um, keywords. So one of the things I learned when once I um, found out about Pinterest is that Pinterest is not a um, regular social media platform. It actually is a search engine, of a visual search engine. Because I had a background in search engine optimization, that was great news for me because I, I know all about this whole thing called keywords. And if you've never heard about it, I've included a picture in the blog post so you can see what that looks like. And it's basically the, 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 the search terms that people use to find your content, whether it be on uh, Google, um, Facebook, not so much. Um, I guess on Instagram, it's hashtags. Uh, LinkedIn, it's, you can do a search there as well. But in, on Pinterest, it's all about the keywords as well as the hashtags, but mostly keywords that people use to search for you um, in the smart feed. And keyword, having the right keywords is so super important if it is you want your audience to find you. Um, so whatever it is you're, you're writing about, would it be um, cosmetics, fashion, um, f uh, mompreneur, um, starting a business, you want to make sure that your um, boards and pins have uh, keywords that would allow your content to show up in a Pinterest smart feed and most of all, allow people to interact or engage with your content. Um, so yeah, you, you sort of need to take a step back. Um, this was all part of my the, the setup process before I even created my Pinterest account. I had topics that I wanted to cover, make sure that they were all within the same niche and then broke those main topics into subtopics, um, and then obviously the keywords associated with them. And I obviously use um, Pinterest to run a search. So I had another account from somewhere else that I used to run a search um, to make sure that I was um, using the most um, appropriate keywords to, make, to help my content appear in um, the Pinterest smart feed. Um, yeah, and I, the, one of the most important things that you have to remember is although you're creating your Pinterest business account, 
to link to your blog or website and creating the pins accordingly. The whole point is that that, that blog post needs to also be optimized not only for Pinterest but for all the other platforms whether it be search engines or Facebook or you know whatever it is because you'll be you'll be sharing these links um, on the other social media platforms and um, people will be searching in the search engines and would find your blog post with um, it being optimized for search as well as for Pinterest. Next up we have hashtags so that's my third Pinterest tip. You have no idea, and I don't know if you're aware of this, that the amount of people who, um, at least the ones in my niche, who are not currently using hashtags on Pinterest. I know um, Pinterest sort of made um, hashtags irrelevant a few years ago, but actually in the last year or so, it's become... Um, popular probably not popular but something that you can use um, again to help boost your impressions on your pins i have included a, a screenshot on the blog post to show you an example excuse me example of um pins like i did a search and you would see there um example of the results so the very first um, screenshot will actually show you just the smart feed. The smart feed obviously shows me things that they, that Pinterest things would be relevant to my, in, or, or even interesting for me. And then the second screenshot I'm showing you, for example, if I did a specific um, search term uh, in the Pinterest search, it will bring up these results. And you can see only two out of 10 of the pins that um, were showing up in my search results had hashtags included as standard. So this is a major, major um, Pinterest step for you. Uh, if you're currently using Pinterest or you probably haven't started yet, make sure you uh, include hashtags if you want to um, to be one of those that appears uh, higher in the, um, the, the, sorry, the Pinterest smart feed in terms of the results. Right. Um, couldn't emphasize this enough. Um, Pinterest has a very cool feature. Once you upload a pin to, um, to Pinterest and you're typing in the description, the minute you type in a hashtag and, f and first what you type in, it will, it will show you straight away in the results, um, which, like how many pins share this how many pins with that hashtag um, are on Pinterest. So for example, if say you put in the word blogging, you might see that there's, or even blog, you see that it probably has 52,000 results that have that same hashtag on it. So it's not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. Obviously the more um, people using a specific hashtag, the more competitive it is. But the fact that it's, it's actually good because it's not a, a term that is neglected or used by not used by anyone um, so you'd go for something medium like between 2,000 and 5,000 um, pins those are good hashtags to use if you go for one that has results like 52,000 or 100,000 then you know very well that um, it's probably an overused hashtag you probably still use it probably once in, you know in your 
on your, your Pinterest account, but tend to, to choose the ones that's really ever used um, so that you'll have an equal enough chance of showing up in a smart feed next to all the competition that's using that same uh, hashtag. All right, next up we have relevant boards. So like I mentioned before, and I think it was in the first or second point, it's so very important to choose the topics wisely and those topics will help you decide what your Pinterest boards are going to be about and to make sure that they're relevant. Because I've often seen in lots of people's um, Pinterest accounts, they would have um, boards ranging from um, travel to fashion to food to um, business to all sorts of things, all in the same uh, Pinterest account. Um, so it's so very important to make sure there's some sort of congruency among the among the pin among the boards and obviously pins. Because the last thing you want to do is a member of your audience or someone um, who you can relate to, looking for something specific. Say, for example, if your specialty is wrong, starting a business. And they come to your account, oh, they find you know, lots of really valuable information. And then they come up, come up to um, a recipe board that has nothing to do with starting a business. Unless, of course, it's a food business. But if it's, for example, a fashion business, then why is there a recipe board um, included in the account that has nothing to do with the rest of the content? So be aware um, to ensure that you have, you know, nice, even relevant, congruent um, account that has boards that relates to each other. Like for example, starting a business is fine. Having a home office that if you, especially if you work from home business or mompreneur, or if it is, um, you, for example, apart from starting a business, you have taxes, you've got, um, time management, you've got productivity. So there's lots of areas that you can zoom in on or focus in on. If you're if your topic is on starting a business, for example, or a specific topic like starting a industry or starting a, you know, be specific about the type of business and then include all of the areas that relate to that specific topic. Um, just trying to see if there's anything else I forgot to include. I did include a screenshot example to show you what, what I'm talking about, just to help you along the way. So next up we have um, number five, which is um, Pinterest tips. Sorry, Pinterest up number five, which is um, attractive clickable pins. So it's one thing to have all the boards, the keywords, or all of that really nice, you know, setup. And then the pins are not as attractive as, you know, initially thought. Although I do see some um, not so attractive pins getting going viral. I guess a really important thing is to, apart from having attractive pins, is uh, making it clickable, as in, the title of the pin um, should encourage a person, or the yeah, title of the pin should encourage a person to click through to find out more. So the secret is not to reveal um, a lot about um, the content behind the pin. Um, be as mystic, as mysterious as possible um, to encourage people to click through but you don't also want to have a high bounce rate. So make sure you add value behind the pin. Um, take your time. Like I said, you're ready. I'm not artistically gifted. I'm not creative in any, well, probably not in any way, shape or form, but you know what I mean? I'm not um, a creative 
by nature. I haven't taken any creative courses or anything like that. I can find my way and hobble around and, and get it right. Not perfect. Um, but yeah, um, one of the things I actually did to help me to appreciate uh, my pins is I went to somewhere like Creative Market and I got a template for Pinterest pins and I used that if you look at my full set of pins that I've ever pinned on Pinterest um, related to this success and scrambled I you can see that um, they're kind of you know very uh, artistic in a sort of a way because I use template and you can do the same if it is you're not artistic yourself or if it is you are artistic then please go ahead and and create, be creative with your pins. Um, yeah, so some of the pins I, I actually saw, have seen on, on Pinterest, they weren't very attractive, but I still clicked through because the title of the pin caused me to want to click through. So some pins are ugly, some pins are probably not ugly, it's probably not, not as attractive as uh, more more pin, other pins. Um, and the whole point is of making sure your pins are clickable and attractive is because as a blogger, you spend hours and hours, could be four or five hours writing a blog post. So the last thing you want to do is not to um, encourage you to click through to that blog post to read it. In other words, your audience just don't get access to it because you, your your pin doesn't give them the chance or the, the opportunity or the curiosity to them to click through to see what is the article that, that you spend a lot of time writing. Um, another note on pins, there are two camps at the moment that give advice when it comes to pins. Some of them say, um, make sure all of your pins are on brand and attractive, etc. Whereas others would say, um, no, no, you don't need to have all of your pins on brand. What you can do is you can, um, you know, have this the same sort of title on the pin, but different backgrounds, different colors, just to see which one works because it's all about uh, testing your pins. The whole point is just make sure that they are um, attractive and get the clicks um, that you need. Pinterest tip number six, it's all about branding. Um, and we covered branding a little bit earlier, but um, the whole point is you want to make sure that your brand appeals to your audience. So sometimes you need to have split your brand to three different um, trenches. So, for example, the twenty-five to thirty-five, the thirty-five to forty-five, forty-five to fifty-five. It depends on your audience. Really, you really need to know your audience. Um, obviously there isn't going to be, um, you're not going to be able to get it perfectly right if, um, for all the different um, segments of your audience, but you can, you know, have a best guess. So for example, if it is you only cater for 35 to 40, for example, and there are no sort of segments in between or segmentation of that particular audience, then you're fine. But if your audience ranges from 25 to 50 and you have, you know, segments within that particular audience. So let me give you a typical example. So if it is, um, I'm trying to think of a really good example. If it is you have, um, your focus is on um, 
being a, a, a mommy blogger, for example, and you want to track moms at different stages of their life. So you have young moms, uh, middle-aged moms, and older moms, for example. Or put it a different way, you have moms with young kids, mom, mom, uh, moms with babies and toddlers, young moms, uh, I'm going to bite my tongue, moms with younger kids, and then moms with teenagers, and probably moms with um, grown-up kids, kids who are already adults. And you want to, you know, you want to segment your audience accordingly. And you can do that. Um, and if you want to do that, then obviously your boards and your your blog and everything is going to reflect reflect that kind of um, audience. So when the person comes to the blog, they can choose, you know, that particular section of the blog and then the content will speak to them and their needs. Um, and because of that, then you want to make sure that it's on brand for that particular segmentation of your audience. I know it's a bit um, hard to explain. Well, I guess it's hard, but it takes a lot of work. Um, I mean, you can't build a brand in a day, but unless you are brand experts and you have pre previous experience of who your audience is and who you want to track, um, then it will take some time to build up build up your brand. Um, and what I like, for example, what I come to realize over time is that my audience like um, they're visual, visual people because they love um, images and videos and you know all that sort of visual stuff that goes with pictures. So as a result, I make sure that I include a lot of visual stuff with my content so that they can, you know, engage and learn um, and interact with that content as they consume um, the information, as you, for example, consume the information. Um, trying to think, make sure I, I, I sort of cover off everything else here. Um, I've included uh, a pin as an example, because depending on the palettes and the fonts that you choose for your blog or your Pinterest account or whatever it is, that um, is going to uh, create a, a mood or a, a brand. Well, <laughs> can't even say a mood brand. It will create an experience for that person visiting your um, web content or your web property. So I've given you an example there of a pin that I, I, I mean, a, a pin, a, a, phew, can't even talk to this, this evening, a uh, uh, stock photo that I found and the colors really, really spoke to me. Uh, and so I decided to use it um, for one of my pins. And so far it's it's gotten quite good engagement, um, which, you know, helps me to realize that um, you, my audience, actually enjoy um, interacting with that particular pin. Um, if you want to know more about um, how to build a brand, I've been, I, I covered this, I don't know if you remember, or if you've gotten a chance to listen to it yet, I covered this off in a previous post and I've included a link to that um, inside of the blog post. Pinterest tip number seven, daily pinning. So, building a Pinterest account is a commitment. It's a daily commitment. It's not something that you um, 
can set it and forget it. It's something that you need to engage with in order to grow your um, your business, your brand, your audience. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried marketing on Instagram before, but I've done it in the past. And in order to grow your audience on Instagram, it's the same. You need to you don't you need to interact um, with Instagram or or provide content to your followers daily actually three times a day if it is you want to get um to your instagram account to grow and if you want um engaging and coming back for more the difference here though is with pinterest um the experience is very different like with uh, instagram you need to you know really unless you're a celebrity you need to um, pin photos that just gets um, really you know good reaction whereas on pinterest it's not about that it's all about providing valuable content so that it will add value to people's lives um, so if the whole idea of, of pinning daily or daily pinning scares you i can assure you it's nothing like instagram it's a much better experience you'll actually enjoy doing it or at least i did um and I, I think you will um, do it as well. You you will as well. Um, you don't have to pin hundreds of pins daily. It's only a handful or two handfuls of pins. And the rest you can schedule it. Um, yeah, so daily pinning is really important because not only do you um, provide content to your audience, you also engage with um, the Pinterest platform which shows them that you are a real person and then they will actually show your content or not say only your content, but the content that you pin from other people. So you're looking at doing an 80-20 rule in favor of yourself or 50-50 rule when it comes to pinning pins um, on your Pinterest account. So 80% of yours, 20% of um, other people's pins according to how much content you have. If you don't have that much content, then do 50-50 or... Um, split it accordingly to how much content you have available to pin. Number eight. Um, so the eight pin Pinterest tip is group boards. So if you don't know what a group board is, it's basically just like your own boards and Pinterest, except you would have several other people collaborating on this um, group board and pinning their content and sharing, etc. And you'd also obviously, by virtue of the fact, have lots of people following this particular uh, group board. And the good thing about joining group boards is that you get to um, leverage other people's uh, followers, or I guess it's a group effort. So the followers on this particular group board with your pins and you get to share other people's content with your boards. So you can be pin the people, other people's pin from these um, group boards to your boards and pin your um, content from your boards onto this group board just to get more eyeballs on your content. I'd advise that you, if you don't have, if you haven't already joined a group board, I would strongly recommend that you look for, um, to group, boot, uh, getting tongue tied. Group boards to join that's 22,000 uh, followers or more. That way, you know, you get good value out of um, repeating your content 
to that particular group board. And if you made a mistake, fine, just leave it, leave the group board. You don't have to stay there or just don't pin. Um, but I've included a, a, a snapshot or a screenshot of um, a picture of a group board that I'm part of and the growth rate. So there's a growth, um, uh, recent follow growth rate of 24.9% per month. And I know you will not be able to see this before you join a group board, but you can use something like pin groupie to find the, um, the most popular boards within your niche that you can uh, request to join. Uh, yeah. So, um, at some point I am going to show you a little trick that will, um, show you how to get added to five different, um, a minimum of five different group boards over a 30 day period. So that's one thing you wonder, might want to hold on for. I will do that podcast sometime soon, but watch this space. So number nine, we have a getting close and closer to 11. So number nine, we have um, Pinterest step number nine. It's called schedule pins. So remember I, I was speaking about um, pinning daily. So one of the ways um, to help you not to pin manually all the time is by using um, a, sh a Pinterest pin scheduler. And the scheduler would help you to schedule some of your pins um, so that you can not have to pin, say, 30 or 40, 50 pins every day. You can um, schedule probably 10 or 15 and you can manually pin the others or, you know, you decide how much time you have to available so that you can schedule some of the pins and then um, manually pin the rest. Uh, there again, in this particular one, there are two camps. There's one camp that says manual, 100% manual pinning works much better than um, scheduling pins using third-party tool like Tailwind, for example. Um, they say that you get a much better result from manual pinning. I personally used um, half, like not necessarily half, but some of my pinning was manual, some of my pin pinning was scheduling, and I've um, my Pinterest account have grown as a result. Maybe it would have grown faster with uh, manual pinning, but I personally do not have the time to pin 30 to 50 pins every day, so I decided to use a scheduler plus manual pinning. Um, and this would apply depending on where you are in terms of your finances. So, for example, you have money to invest in a third-party tool to schedule pins, then by all means go after it. But if it is you are absolutely broke, got no money, but you've got plenty of time in your hands, then by all means get involved with manual, manual pinning. I've included, included some um, screenshots of Tailwind tribes and what you can expect to see in there. Um, but yeah, you decide at the end of the day which method works good for you. As you can see from the screenshot I have there, um, ever since I joined Tailwind, I've gotten 1,000 reshares and 270 repins. 
plus six, uh, reach of 6.5 million. Next up, number 10, looping plus repinning popular pins. So another third party tool that you can use for, well, let me back up a bit. So looping, what is it? Looping means that um, over time, you notice that your group board will probably have and start off with five pins, 10 pins, 30 pins, 40 pins, 60 pins, 100 pins. And it will be very, very hard for people who like you um, when you are at 100 pins on that particular um, Pinterest board. When you get to that figure, they will not be able to, they will have a very difficult time seeing your latest, your oldest pin, chronologically oldest, older pins. So your very, very first pin on a specific board, if you don't do any looping, it will just sit there and, you know, unless people are actually going specifically and searching your board, you probably, it probably wouldn't show up in the um, Pinterest smart feed. So one of the ways to get over that problem is to do um, looping, which means that use a third-party tool then to get repin those pins on that particular group board um, and keep doing that until, um, yeah, well, the thing I use, because some people do like a, a one repin every day, so if you have 30 pins, for example, you shouldn't really be using a looping tool, third-party tools for looping, but if you've got 60 pins or more, um, you can get the, the software to loop your um, your pins, one pin a day on that particular group board, or you can do it once every two days, once every three days, once every four days, depending on how many pins on the group board and how many, like how, what part of the journey you are. Like, do you want a really bulleted board or maybe it's a group board, I don't know, but you get the idea here. You want to make sure that um, people who join your group board when it has over a thousand pins, for example, that they get a chance to get see visibility on those particular pins in um, the Pinterest smart feed because feed because you're looping it. I've also included a included included a screenshot of um, the looping scheduling aspect of it, so you get a, a feel look and feel as to what that looks like. Um, but yeah, that, that sort of lets you know what it what it's all about. Um, so apart from looping, we have repinning and uh, sorry, repinning popular pins. And what it essentially means is that you're gonna have to find the most popular pins from your entire Pinterest account and repin those really simply. And three ways to find um, which pins are getting the most repins. Number one, you can uh, see which, like based on your so social media results, you can see which pins are getting re repin the most repins. Um, like for example, you can use a plugin called Social Social Warfare on your WordPress blog, and it will show you then how many repins you, you you're getting. Um, at a glance on those um, on your pins. The second way is by using the, the native Pinterest analytics. You go into there and you have a look at all the pins are getting clicks and saves. So you know that those are the popular ones. You just don't know how popular. And to help you to know exactly how popular pins are, we have the pin inspector on um, Tailwind that then shows you um, the, the your pins with the most repins 
So you can repin them, those pins then to either group boards or to your own boards or something like that. I've also included a screenshot there in the blog post so you can have a look at what that looks like um, once you're in to sort of inside the membership of um, Tailwind. Hoo-hoo, we're almost there. So number 11. So number 11 uh, is all about um, analytics. So obviously in my previous, um, in number 10, I mentioned a little bit about, a bit about analytics, but um, we have just, just to, to sort of take it from a 10,000 foot view. There are people right now in the world called data scientists and their sole job is to be able to take the data, analyze the data and make sense of it because more and more companies around the world are realizing that um, instead of going on gut feel, they can rely on data to um, help them understand where their company is going, what they need to do, what their what their consumers or it doesn't have to be consumers, it could be their customers, what their customers like or dislike based on data. Everything is all based on data. And because data um, is fact, you can't lie. Obviously, you can take data and twist it to your particular requirements. That's why the analytics is so very important because when you take your time and I know it's probably one of the most boring things to be looking at when it comes to analyzing um, how your how your Pinterest account is getting on. But real, just come to realization that this is so very important. No matter how boring it is, it's probably worse than looking at paint dry. What you're doing, essentially doing is going to each and every board and having a look at your pins, um, having a look at the statistics on each pin to see the best performing pins. Um, which pins you can tweak. So the examples I've used in the blog post is if your pins are getting, or your pin, let's just, let's just focus on one pin. If you have one specific pin that's getting a lot of impressions, but no clicks and saves, then you probably need to redo the wording and color and colors that you use on the pin. If your um, pin is getting lots of impressions, but lots of saves, as well as lots of, sorry, let me, stop, let me back up a bit. If your pin is getting lots of impressions um, and you're getting, um, what do you call it, engagement, as in people are do, looking at close-up, but they're not saving when they're not clicking, you probably need to um, change the wording again um, to encourage them to edit the wording or the blog post or the blog post, you know, you've written it. Maybe there might be some other, some small elements of the blog post that will catch their attention that will encourage them to save the pin. If you're getting uh, impressions, um, close-ups, um, saves, but no click-throughs, then you need to put um, a compelling event, something like a, like a call to action on that specific pin that will tell the people to click through to your, well, encourage them, entice them to click through to read more on your blog post. So don't give it all away um, when it comes to doing your, your pins. If it is you are, you've put up a pin and say, for example, you've, you've gotten, like you put it up two months, three months ago and you only got three impressions or 10 impressions 
then you probably need to optimize that pin. Optimize a pin, um, meaning you probably need to um, uh, change the colors, the um, title of the pin, the description, the hashtags, um, and yeah, basically, and the keywords, because the fact that your pin is not getting impressions means that it's just not optimized enough to show up in a Pinterest feed. If it shows up in a Pinterest feed and people inter in people, if it doesn't show up in a Pinterest feed, then people can't engage in it. If it shows up in a people, in a, what am I saying? If it shows up in a Pinterest feed and people aren't engaging, it means that it needs to be more, more engaging. Whatever it is you can, whether it be the colors or the title, to get people to do close-ups and then do saves and then obviously click through to your content. And what you're looking for here is a click-through rate of 50% or more um, when it comes to people clicking through to your content. That's it for today. Um, hopefully you found it very valuable, probably a bit long. I haven't even checked the time was when I started, but hopefully you found it very valuable and you can use it to help you get to whatever that big number is. So maybe you, instead of having a goal of 100,000, maybe have a goal of 10,000 um, impressions, or sorry, monthly views a month, or 20 or 30 or 50. Whatever that goal is for you, set it and then achieve it and then, you know, set an, an, another new goal. All right. Um, remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends so they can um, get involved as well. Um, if you would like help managing your Pinterest account, I do have the work with me button that you can click on and see the services that I have an offer. I also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching and feel free to contact me. Um, coaching in terms of helping you um, build out your blog, um, etc. Um, and that's it for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. And until next time, enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of the week. Bye for now.